Hello and welcome to Ag PhD Radio, broadcasting from the Morton studio today. I'm Darren Hefty. We're going to be getting a corn crop update, and really we'd love to hear about all your crops and, and how things look in your area on today's program. If you would like to join in on that and talk about how things are going in your area, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And, of course, you can always email us, radio at agphd.com. If you've got pictures or satellite maps, anything like that, it's kind of cool to look at some of those things. And, unfortunately, right now we've been seeing a lot of not-so-good pictures that have been coming in. We've seen cupped leaves in soybean fields. Uh, frustrating. And we've definitely seen some corn that's suffering from, from the drought in certain areas, too. So I wanted to talk a little bit about that. When, when we look at, at the corn, it was interesting. On our own farm, we saw a lot of leaves that were starting to roll up when we got into hot days and uh, caught a couple of rains. We're still on the dry side, but the corn crop looks pretty good here. And so it, it's one of those things where I, I was starting to feel just a little bit down, like, oh, man, here we go again. We get, we're going to have a third year of drought on our farm, and we've got these kind of market prices and all these hopes for for high yields on the farm, but things can turn around and and it can improve. Uh, and of course it can also go the other way too. So you got to use common sense as you're going through the year. So we're working on protecting our crop right now. Looking at it today, it looks like we got high yield potential. We got some gooseneck stocks out there here and there from the two derechos that we've had this year. Um, and we're going to have to do some aerial application to, to put on our fungicides and so forth around tassel because we're just not going to be able to drive through those fields. There's there's just too many areas where we've got some gooseneck stalks. I mean, the plants are standing up pretty nice, but still, there isn't a 30-inch row to drive down anymore. It's a little less than that and a little uneven, so don't want to run corn over, especially when it's worth as much as it is right now. Uh, so if you said, well, how's your corn crop, Darren? I'd say, you know pretty good i guess we're we're cautiously optimistic that that it could still turn out to be something pretty decent but i guess we'll see there's still quite a bit of season left to go the ag phd field day of course is coming up thursday july 28th so just a little over a couple of weeks away and looking at the crops at the the field they said it's a they look good they're a little behind but uh, they're coming. They're coming along, and and some of the treatments and and uh, different things that we're doing up there are are starting to show up, which is kind of nice. And it's gonna be fun doing some root digs and some evaluation of how those crops are and and what kind of differences we might see uh, when we get to get to that day and have some things to show you. So that will be fun. And I, I am really curious. You know, we we get a corn crop update on today's show, but I'm curious to talk to folks at the field day. That's always the best uh, estimation that I get of, well, what's this crop going to be? Because there are folks that drive from all across the country here. And so when I talk to people and they say, well, you know, crops look pretty good on the way over. Crops look tough on the way over. I'm always curious, what roads did you take? Which <laughs> which states did you cut through on the way here? Because sometimes it's interesting, uh, and, and maybe you're like this too, where 
you take one road on the way there and you take a different one on the way back. And I know it can be a little frustrating for the passengers riding along with you if you say, you know, I know it's going to take an extra hour, but let's go this way and and just see what things look like. I, I think it's really important this time of year and it gives you a great idea if your your marketing strategy is on the right track. Because if you say, well, I, I think the crop's really good, but then you drive right through the state of Iowa or right through the state of Illinois. And you say, boy, I don't think it's there. That That's not so good. And um, the, the other way to check too is not just by driving, but actually to get out and, and take a look in a couple of fields. And I, I always have farmers that they give me reports like that at, at field day time too of, you know, I stopped out there in a couple of these fields and uh, those ears are tremendous or, or vice versa. You know, the, the ears, Boy, they had potential, but they're they're tipping back a long ways. Um, I, I expect we're going to see some of that, especially in in dry land production areas, where where guys just aren't catching the rain. So, anyway, again on today's show, getting a corn crop update, and we would love to hear from you at eight four four. 44 ag phd uh, a couple other things going on out there too we're we're working on uh, in between cuttings on alfalfa getting things treated up and and preparing for an awesome second cutting on the farm first cutting actually was surprisingly good for newly seeded alfalfa that we had i i thought oh man we aren't going to ton out all that well but it actually it actually wasn't too bad and uh, looking at the second cutting, it has really come back. As I mentioned, we got a couple of rains and just at the right time for the alfalfa. So at least something is going to to turn out well, um, at least at this part of the season. Looks like we got uh, the 8 to 14 day forecast for pretty warm temperatures here, which is not unusual in July in, in our part of the world. But uh, you always you always can hope for moderate, especially if you're not moderate temps, especially if you're not catching the rainfall. So we'll see how, how everything turns out here. Uh, soybeans are really coming on. They l- typically like some heat and, and they take advantage of that sunlight and start filling in all the rows. Uh, beans are at least in R1, if not some getting into the R2 stage. So they're coming along nicely and starting to see some bugs filtering into those fields too with Japanese beetles, bean leaf beetles, and uh, and depending on where you're at, hearing some reports of grasshoppers and, and some other bugs out there too. Uh, I know just at the Ag PhD Scouting and Scholarships Clinic, we were out in beans and we found green clover worm and, and some other insects of minor importance. But you, know, you got to keep an eye on those things too. This time of year, they, they can blow up. They get the right weather and the right conditions. And all of a sudden, you may have a problem where you didn't think you did. So we just encourage everybody keep scouting all through the season, even when it's a little bit miserable. Uh, I know yesterday, for example, we had uh, a nice day, low 80s, good breeze, all those kinds of things. So the bugs weren't bad and and uh, the, the weather was actually ideal for getting out and doing some scouting. Now it's going to warm up a little bit. So might have to do it a little earlier in the day or later in the evening to get things done. Getting a corn crop update on today's Ag PhD radio show. Again, our phone lines are open at 844-44-AG-PHD. And you can always email us radio at agphd.com. We'll be right back. It's planting season. Race against the clock season. Mistakes can't happen season. And no one helps you face it all like John Deere. 
putting technology in your hands that gets you in and out of the field faster, that makes your spacing and depth more accurate, and that gives you the confidence that this season will be your best season. See what you have to gain at johndeere.com slash gain ground. There's a new kind of crop protection in your territory, and it's always on the hunt. Howler Fungicide unleashes multiple modes of action for proven, broad-spectrum protection against soil-borne and foliar diseases. Start protecting your territory at agbiome.com howler. With superior materials, craftsmanship, and best-in-class warranty, a Morton machine storage or workshop is built to stand the test of time. To learn how we can help you expand your farm operation, visit mortonbuildings.com. Corn rootworms are called the billion-dollar bug for a reason. If you don't control the adult populations now, their offspring will cost you later. Labeled for field corn and seed corn, Steward EC Insecticide from FMC offers a unique mode of action that delivers fast and long-lasting residual control of corn rootworm beetles and other tough insects. That proven chemistry makes it an excellent fit in integrated pest management and insect resistance management programs. And with less effect on beneficials than many traditional chemistries, Steward EC Insecticide reduces your risk of creating other pest issues like flaring spider mites. Choose Steward EC Insecticide from FMC. Visit your FMC retailer or ag.fmc.com to learn more. Always read and follow label directions and precautions for use. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio. Thanks for joining us today. We're getting a corn crop update, so get your notebooks out. Be ready to take a few notes here about where each caller is from, what the crop looks like, and you start thinking, okay, uh, in this state, they do a huge percentage of our corn crop, and uh, they're struggling. Uh, that's a, pos- a positive note here for our grain prices, perhaps, and those kinds of things. So uh, I'm going to be keeping track a little bit, too, because I'm curious how everything looks out there. Let's head down to Tennessee to start things out. we got Scott on with us right now. All right, Scott, how are the crops looking down there? Well, uh, mine actually looks really good. Um it's, uh, it's it's basically tasseling out, and the uh, silk is showing up with, with the ears. It looks really good, and we got lucky, and I just caught about two and three-quarters inch of rain uh, last Saturday night. So uh, awesome. perfect timing for, for these ears. So I'm think, I'm kind of thinking I'm going to have pretty good ears on it Fantastic. anyway. So uh, before that, you know, we've had a few spotty showers off and on, just enough to keep it going pretty good. So it's actually looking really good uh, this for us. Uh, I mean, I've driven around and anywhere within 10 miles, you know, there's some places where, I mean, it isn't even knee high yet. So, I mean, so, I mean, it's, it's really spotty here, but I got lucky and got some really good stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. Your so, timing is just right this year. That rain is going to be awesome for, for the corn crop. So what did you do different? How did you get the crop in and some other guys struggled? Well, I mean, uh, we mudded, mudded part of it in. I mean, it, got it and we figured well the wet spots well we just go through it anyway because <laughs> we didn't want to try and catch you know we didn't want to try and actually get it you know hit it too dry so uh we actually uh kind of worked through a little bit of mud but uh most of most of the ground was in pretty good shape but uh and so um and of course we're right we're right down on the river bottom so it's kind of hard to, unless i were to unless i were to tile and put in a 
a pump station. There's no way I can get the water out of there. So, <laughs> and and on top of it, it's not my ground. We're just kind of leasing it. So, but uh, so we'd have to live with what we got. So, sure. but um, now it looks pretty good. The qu- one question I had for you though was um, there um, that the microbe that that produces nitrogen in the in the roots. Okay. Uh, is that working out pretty good? You know, there are a bunch of different products that are kind of making similar claims, um, you know, whether it's uh, Pivot Bio or, or Source Egg or a number of others that are out there. Um, I, I think it's one of those things the jury's still out. Uh, some of the trial data has looked good. Some of it has not been great. And, you know, a couple of things that we've found with the microbes is that water quality makes a big difference in performance. So if you can neutralize the the chlorine, if you're using a municipal source, that's a big deal because you think about chlorine. What's its job? Killing microbes right. in the water. Uh, so we use a product called BioPrep, but there's others out there too. Uh, and then the other thing has been the the pH of that water because I know our water source uh, is in the mid-8s to low-9s in our rural water. And even some of the well water is up into the 8s. And so neutralizing that, that pH has been a difference too for microbial survival. And I think when you do some of those things, you really give a fair shake to some of these different microbes. So I don't know, it's going to be fun to see. And I know there's a ton of trials out there and we've got some on our farm this year too. Okay. Cause I was wondering about it cause possibly that man, that fertilizer cost was expensive this year. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's and for so, sure. <laughs> I was thinking, I was thinking about possibly uh, trying that, uh, trying that microbe. Uh, you know, next year and seeing if it, if it did the job. So, uh, yeah. uh, so, uh, but that's, uh, that, I just curious. So, well, I think there's going to be, like I, say, lots I, of, rotate, lots. I, I do a rotate straight back and forth. I rotate, uh, soybeans one year and then corn the next. So I actually get a little bit of nitrogen back from my soybeans and, okay. and, uh, and then I saw, but I try and rotate back and forth on them. So. Yeah. No, I think, uh, again, I think there's going to be a lot of data this year. So I think you're in a good spot where you're just kind of sitting back saying, all right, you know, let's see how this stuff does. And if it turns out really good, I'll, I'll give it a bigger shot next year. And, you know, like everything new, I, I just say try it on a small scale first and make sure that it pays for itself. And then when it does, we can we can go crazy. I like well, to try I, stuff <laughs> like that on my brother's ground because then if it doesn't work, you know, yeah. I, I don't really mind so much. But <laughs> I learned for the next year. Well, that's why I like to listen to you guys a lot because, see, I keep listen to you guys and after you guys try and say hey, it worked really good then i go okay i think i'll try that absolutely let us be going, your guinea oh, pigs we didn't have very good luck with that then i go well maybe i'll wait a couple more years <laughs> yeah I, I don't blame you i got a i got a good friend that's that way too and he he just says we're his guinea pigs and if if it works on ours then he'll consider that's- it and if we make a mistake then he's going to sit back and not make that same one oh awesome all right well i i love i love listening to you guys oh, so thanks, keep Scott. Up good work Thank you very much. Really appreciate it and uh, appreciate the call today uh, that, hey, our first call is corn crop looks good in my area, at least uh, at least where we got stuff in early. Uh, thanks, Scott. Appreciate it. You bet. Talk. Let's, uh, let's jump up to New York. Got Ralph on with us right now. All right, Ralph. Hey, let's keep this thing on a roll. So Scott says where he's at in Tennessee, you know, it's a little mixed out there, but on his farm right now, crop's looking pretty good. How about yours? I, I can say the same thing, Darren. We're in central New York. Now, you get to western New York, they're really dry out there, but we're we're okay. We need a rain pretty bad, but we're we're doing wheat harvest, so we don't really want to see a rain till we get done wheat harvest. So, uh, But things look good, corn and beans both. 
Awesome. Awesome. Okay. Talk to us about that wheat. I, I, I know like on corn, everybody looks at the tips of the ears to see if the corn fills out to the end. On wheat, I look at the bottom part of that head to see, do we have shriveled up kernels or did they fill out? And that's really a good sign for me that we've got a good wheat crop coming. How about yours? Yeah, we uh, they filled out real well. The heads are real nice. Our biggest problem is, Darren, that most of this wheat we left was cover crop. We only put a bushel of the acre in soybeans, standing soybeans. So we left about 500 acres of this. And uh, we have these heads that are about six inches shorter than the rest of the plants, and they're still green. So we have been we started cutting wheat on Saturday at 28%. Oh, boy. And then we're finally – yesterday we got down to 15 and we moved to another field today that we had strip-till preparing for corn this year, but those, the cover crop wheat was good enough, we decided to leave it. And that field jumped back up to 20, and we stopped because there's so many green kernels in there that we're going to wait until Friday because there's really no chance of rain here in central New York or any of New York until sometime next week. So just going to wait. Sure. Yeah, we're kind of in the same boat here. We've got, uh, we don't have any wheat this year, but we've got some oats and they're getting close and, and some of it's getting a little closer than the rest. And it happens to be right around our field day site. So Brian, it's on Brian's ground and Brian's so patient on this. He's like, just like you, Ralph, he's like, man, we're going to be hot. We're going to be dry. It'll all kind of even out out there. And uh, everybody else on the farm seems to be nervous about it that, man, uh, what are we going to do? Some of it's going to still be wet. And uh, I, I don't know. I, yeah. I'm kind of on Brian's side on this one. I think, I think the dry, hot, dry weather will kind of even things out. Yeah. Yeah. Last year we waited. And then we got most of our wheat sprout. That all goes feed wheat. This year here, people have been getting at it as soon as they can get it to thresh in a combine. And, and there's no chance of rain. So, you know, I guess there's not much chance of sprouted wheat this year in New York. So it is what it is. We always do remember our last crop, don't we? And we say, oh, man, I know what happened last time. I'm not letting that happen again. But uh, the weather's that's always crazy. different. That's exactly right. You can't plan on anything. You just have to be prepared to go and have your dryer ready to go and just hammer through it as quickly as possible. So, Hey, you said your corn looks good. What stage is it at? Are you tasseling yet out there, Ralph? We're not. There is a few fields. You can see a few tassels starting to poke out. We're still wide dropping for the last time and through it. So it's probably shoulder high a lot of it. But we, uh, we've decided to stop that for a few days, too, to make sure we get some rain because it's so dry. Even, even putting it down next to the rows, I'm not sure it's going to do any good until we get some rain. So... Sure. Uh, but the corn is all about shoulder high that we have. Now, we have dairies around here, so a lot of them stop planting corn in the spring, and then they go to they make their alfalfa, and then they go back to corn planting. So there's within a few miles of us, there's some corn that's only six inches tall right now, so huh. we've got a ways to go. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. And when you're putting out N uh, mid to late season like this, are you throwing sulfur or boron or anything else with it, or is it straight N? We're not. We're doing straight in. We should be doing something else. We're putting a, a safener in there so it stays uh, sure. stays around longer. But we don't. We aren't putting anything else in. I listen to you guys, and you say we should be putting sulfur on at this time, but I don't know. We aren't doing it. Yeah. Well, interesting. Always, always something else to try and uh, another shot at, at. Well, hey, maybe this will give me a few bushels. And unfortunately, the fertilizer yeah. is not cheap this year, so any of those trials no. are a little more expensive. Well, Ralph, yeah, uh, and this is. This is the third time we put N on the crop, so we did put sulfur oh. on the first time with a strip-till machine. So there was some sulfur was put out there, but it was early. Gotcha, gotcha. Well, Ralph, hopefully uh, New York gets some rain after wheat harvest is done. Uh, thanks for the call. We'll be right back after this. 
Compromise is nice, if you're at the playground or scouring yard sales. But farmers know better that middle grounds have no winner. That's why there's Revitec fungicide, fast-acting and long-lasting, preventative and curative, disease control and stress reduction. So leave the settling to little Tommy at the seesaw, an old bargain bill, and take your full prize in yields with Revitec fungicide for uncompromised performance. Always read and follow label directions. 360 Yield Saver pays back fast. Hi, Greg Souter from 360 Yield Center. For a 12-row corn head, harvesting 2,000 acres of corn, you'd spend $7,200 on the Yield Savers. Those replacement gathering chains cut header loss by 80%. With today's corn prices, the grain you save will pay for the investment of 360 Yield Saver in less than 600 acres. This crop is too valuable to leave bushels in the field due to header loss. Put that extra grain back in your tank with 360 Yield Saver. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zealpro Miticide from Valent USA. With next-level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air, and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. At Corteva AgriScience, we want to keep farms healthy and productive, today and tomorrow. That's why we're investing in a robust pipeline of naturally derived biologicals. Meet Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer. It's a sustainable nitrogen fixation product that facilitates crop growth and optimizes yield potential. With the fluctuation in fertilizer prices, Utricia N is a reliable solution. It can be used alongside your traditional nitrogen program to enhance your ROI this year. For more information, visit Corteva.us. Back, you're listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, getting a corn crop update. And we would love to hear how is your corn crop doing? And if, if you want to talk about other crops too, that's fine. Uh, I, I like this time of year. I like hearing how things are going out there. It's it's kind of that midway point for many of us. And, and for others, we're already harvesting. And if you got some yield data about how things are doing down in the south, we would love to hear that too. Uh, hopefully you got some good numbers this year. And um, hopefully, uh, hopefully that crop turned out well, even, even through the heat and, and dry weather that many areas have had. Uh, I, I shouldn't say all dry weather. I mean, there've been some areas that have had way too much moisture too. Uh, let's head north of the border here. Get Rob up in Ontario, Canada. Uh, Rob, how's the corn doing up there? 
Uh, it looks pretty, it looks real good. Actually, the early corn is, uh, you know, we're not tasting yet, but we will be in another 10 days likely, and it's probably head height now. Some of the later planted corn is struggling a little bit. We need some rain, but it all is a good color, and it's, it's coming. It's going to be okay. So, no, it, uh, we had kind of a long planting session this spring. It seemed like it started out, then we ran, to, you know, eight or 10 days of kind of crap. I think everybody did. But if what I I watch a bit of that uh, YouTube stuff. It looks like everybody had challenges. Maybe did they throughout the stage yeah. as well? Yeah, I, I agree. It's it seems there's just uh, crap at all different stages in many areas uh, around uh, North America. No doubt about that, due to the conditions we had this planting season. So you said the early corn doing no, good. Sir. How about how about beans? Now, have you guys been catching any rain up there? Um, we finally got a half an inch, an inch last night, and some guys an inch and a half. So a couple of my friends an hour or two from me, and yeah, so we just we needed it desperately. We've been in a bit of a dry spell, so it's it's uh, going to give a big relief. And the beans are the same way, you know. The later planted beans are struggling; they're not as advanced. The early planted beans are looking real good, but the late planted beans are struggling a bit. But I think they'll be all right now, you know. Just we just pull another. Still a dollar calling for rain again tonight and tomorrow, so hopefully we get another half inch or so or an inch even. Sure, sure. No, uh, other than that. You know, you, you mentioned the early planted beans. Did you plant some beans before you finished up corn or before you started corn this year? We didn't personally, but um, a lot of guys I know, have. we don't have the capacity to do both at the same time. I wish we did. But the neighbors, were, all of them were at it, and those beans that were in like a week or 10 days ahead of, say, ours, they look really good. They're they're, they're full of the field and and uh, they're really going on gang by now, later beans are coming, but they just uh they um they need they need some rain, they just need some time to catch up and then we had to replant a couple of fields too. We had too much rain one night, so and you know what that's all about too, I'm sure. Yep. Yep. Yeah, I know what you mean. Sure. And and uh gosh, I looked at our beans this year. They started so slow. It just seemed like they they just sat there and they weren't doing anything. Uh but they're starting to look pretty good now anyway. Are yours kinda of, yours kinda of the same way? They have a slow start. They did. It seemed like the beans planted say say the beans planted around the fifth or the tenth of May. They seemed to come along a lot better than we had a real cold, wet week there. The beans that were planted just before that, they took a long time to come up, and they just didn't look great. They look fine now, but, I mean, they were just real slow to make an appearance. And the later beans are coming, but they're they're just behind, right? So the ones planted, say, towards the end of May. Yep. <laughs> so, anyhow. So that's where we, yeah, like, the one time there, it looked like, you know, you should maybe replant at one point, right? But they came out of it and drove on. So, overall, in the week, like I said, this winter barley just came off this week up here. And some real, I haven't heard any numbers. All one guy said, guy we know pretty good. He said it was the best crop he ever had. And I know he's had some real good ones. <laughs> it must have been pretty good. <laughs> awesome. So, awesome. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't even fun. know what the price of winter barley is. Pardon? Oh, I said that's awesome. And, you know, I think the price of everything is good. I, I don't know exactly that crop either, but uh, in general, uh, all the commodities have been pretty good prices and you add great yields to that too. Oh. That's That's good timing. And the guys that are pulling the winter barley right now up here, they're trying to think they're going to double crop beans, but our wheat crop is pretty much too late for to try that. You know, you get into the 20th of July where we are here before we even start combine, maybe the 25th. And that's just too far on in the season. Like, yeah, I get, I'm impressed with the guys in Ohio and all through there, Kentucky, you know, they're pulling 50 bushel crops, double crops after an 80 bushel crop of wheat or hundred, you know, and, 
that adds up to a lot of revenue. That's what kind of silly, but anyhow. Yep, it sure does. And no, yeah, in the north, right. we'd we'd hope for uh, twenty or thirty bushel beans. We'd be pretty happy this late if we had double. Yeah, and then you know, you get the froster on day, and all you have is a plow down. So anyway, expensive cover crop. Yes, I was thinking the exact same thing. That'd be an expensive cover crop. So what it'd be. Well, Rob, thanks for checking in. Really appreciate it. Glad to hear the corn's doing good. Glad to hear you guys caught a little bit of rain. Anyway, hopefully, you get some more soon. I hope so, too. Yeah, you guys take care. Hope hope you have a good harvest. See, see you in the fall. You bet. Thanks, Rob. Really appreciate it. Uh, yeah, it's it's fun uh, as you travel around. Now, those guys caught a little bit of rain, and it's it's pretty good timing when you said, hey, we're within 10 days of, of tasseling out on the corn here. So that's that's a good sign. Hopefully that keeps coming for them. Uh, we get Trevor Dale on with Valent right now, and Trevor also farms. Trevor, how's stuff looking on your farm, by the way? Um, Not too bad. Uh, we could really use a inch or so of rain but um it just seems to break up every time comes across north dakota and spreads and goes north and south so but uh it's really kind of surprising for not um not the most ideal conditions uh, this spring that's for sure yeah yeah no doubt about that i know uh i know we'll see you down at the field day and sometimes uh, at the Ag PhD field day, you might be out there a month ahead and say, boy, I don't know I don't know what this is going to look like. And then magically it starts looking a little bit better as the season goes on. What what has Valent got coming this year? Are there any cool things you're going to be showing us at the field day? Yeah, so um, I guess one of the newest things uh, and something that we haven't done in the past is I believe we have sugar beets out there and uh, showcasing our new fungicide, Excalia, for Rhizoctonia. I know that um, doesn't impact everybody, but it's uh, sugar beets and peanuts and apples right now, and uh, it's a new uh, new fungicide for rhizoctonia, just very, very active on rhizoctonia. That's excellent. And, uh, That's excellent. What is the family and, and of that? What family of uh, uh, fungicides is it's that? It's SDHI, SDHI chemistry, um, but uh, just... <laughs> I guess uh, years ago when I was doing trials on it, it's one of those things where you could just put the jug on the side of the field and it would control rhizoctonia, basically. So, That's um, awesome. very low use rate, extremely effective. So, that's kind of neat. And then we're going to be broadening that out. That'll be coming in seed treatments and other uses um, over time. So, um, you will see more of that active ingredient going forward. Yeah. Um, well, it's fun for me, Trevor, in that you say, okay, we're going to show it off in sugar beets here, but it's, like you say, that label is going to get broadened. And so one of the things I love about our field is you can see things early and you say, you know what, will that be in corn and soybeans someday, or will that be in wheat, or will that be in cotton someday? Yeah, you got pretty good odds of that, of seeing it either in a straight good product like know. this or, or in a combination mm-hmm. coming up. Yeah, it's kind of fun, too, to have a different crop out there. At least we've always on wheat, corn, and beans, so a um, little different. But speaking of corn, we do, uh, we'll do. we be showcasing a new herbicide that is EPA registered, and we're waiting on state registrations. It's called Maverick. And three modes of action can be used pre or early post. Um, actually, it's a wide, up to 18-inch tall corn. So there's good application flexibility, 
excellent control. Um, we just had some training here recently on it, and they were showing uh, mixes with 28%, and it, it mixes. It's a great, great formulation. And uh, in addition to the excellent weed control, it's low use rate relative to a lot of the other products on the marketplace currently. So That's a lot great. less jugs or totes to handle. So. Yeah. yeah, well, fortunately for you, Trevor, uh, this is the Ag PhD field day is on some of my brother's ground, and he can grow weeds like no other. So if you've got a weed control product, uh, your chances of seeing an untreated – I've seen some of the untreated checks up there, Trevor. It's not pretty. In fact, uh, they, Glenn had to tell me, don't pull weeds out there. That's my untreated check. I, I want to make sure guys see what we were facing here. Uh, we're talking with Trevor Dale with Valent. And a couple of things that they're going to be showing off at the Ag PhD field, they brand new fungicide brand new herbicide uh, it should be a lot of fun growing up on the farm i woke up as early as mom and dad i put as many hours on the tractor changed as many teeth on the tiller as my brothers it doesn't matter if you're young or old man or woman when there's work to be done you put your boots on and you do it i do that on my farm and in my job at case ih my name is kelsey i'm a farmer and i work for case ih Case IH, built by farmers. It's smart to make the right agronomic choices, and it's even smarter to get rewarded for them. With the Bayer Plus Rewards Program, you earn cash back on seed, herbicides, and other eligible products. And it keeps getting smarter, because now you can earn an additional 10% bonus when you send your redemption check to your retailer. To learn more, contact your retailer today. Protect your yields and get the most from your land with Bayer Plus Rewards. Visit MyBayerPlus.com and see program terms and conditions for full details. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. Ag PhD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. AgroLiquid is precision crop nutrition. That means being committed to product performance, to research and field testing, and to superior agronomics. Most of all, AgroLiquid is committed to delivering precisely the right nutrition in the right way including seed-safe planter plus side dress applications and foliar applications with low burn risk. AgroLiquid. Apply less. Expect more. Find a retailer at agroliquid.com. When it comes to mites in your field, you can't afford a solution that might work. That's why there's Zeal Pro Miticide from Valent USA. 
With next level knockdown and long residual control, you can be sure to handle spider mites at all stages of life with complete certainty. With efficient translaminar activity, apply by ground or air and confidently attack mites where they are. Make ZealPro the definitive answer to your mite problem. Visit valent.com slash zealpro to learn more. Always read and follow label instructions. Hey everybody, come on in. Egg PhD mailbag is about to begin. You're listening to Ag PhD Radio here. We are in the Ag PhD mailbag time, meaning we're taking your calls and agronomic questions throughout the rest of the show, as we have been the whole show. 844-44-AG-PHD. Or you can email us, radio at agphd.com, if you have questions. And I'm always, I'm always interested in this, and, and uh, Alex is working on the other side of the glass here today, taking your calls and, and uh, uh, pulling you up on the screen for me to, uh, to talk to you if you would like to call in. Alex is not intimidating at all. My sister Janelle is often behind the controls, and uh, Janelle always gets a kick out of days like this when we're getting corn crop updates because... Janelle's like, man, I get the whole update sometimes. And uh, she's like, do you want to talk to my brothers? Oh, no, you can just tell them that it's looking really good over here in Indiana or it's looking good over here in Kansas. Uh, you can email us as well. I know we get some emails sometimes with folks that say, man, I, I got a question for you, but I don't want to be on the air. I, I'd rather you guys just address the question. Uh, maybe that's exactly the case here with Ryan. Ryan sent in a question. He said, guys, we got army worms. And I'm wondering what products you recommend. Currently, we have used a three ounce rate of a Lambda Psi type product, a pyrethroid, and we just sprayed a fungicide with this insecticide on our grasses about eight days ago. But now we're seeing another flush of army worms. So I'm wondering, is there a product with better residual or should we be using a higher rate? Hey, that's a great question, Ryan. Uh, you know, you think about that three ounces of Lambda Psi, it's, it's probably a $2, maybe $3 treatment. So it's not super expensive. It's just taking the time to have to go back and do it again. That's, that gets quite frustrating. Um, you know, the, the residual of these insecticides does vary depending on what kind of conditions you have, what kind of rainfall especially, uh, but even sunlight and, and other things can break down products and shorten up what their residual time is going to be. I don't have any problem with using a, a Lambda Psi or a pyrethroid type product. Uh, that'd be a second generation pyrethroid. I, I think they work pretty well on armyworms, to be honest with you. We generally run with the 3.84 ounce rate, which would be the, the upper end of the rate range and honestly with a lot of the pests now i know aphids have been kind of the same way you guys have said man i haven't been happy with the lower use rates uh, i don't know it just isn't saving us much money to to use the lower end rates anymore the the full rates work well they only cost you know a few cents an acre more it's just not that much so if it was me i'd run closer to the four ounce rate i just run with that full labeled rate of lambda psi and i would hit them again if you if you have enough that are getting out there armyworms can Sure cause a lot of damage in a hurry. No doubt about that. Good luck, Ryan. Uh, I get a question that came in from Alex, and he's over in south-central Minnesota. And Alex said, guys, we're seeing a lot of what we are assuming is iron deficiency chlorosis in our soybeans. And it appears to be in the low or more poorly drained areas of the field. I've talked to our agronomist about soy green, and he's claiming that since the symptoms are already present, it's too late. Now, do you have an opinion on that, 
or are there other options that I could use for rescue treatment? And and uh, Alex did send us uh, some pictures here, both uh, uh, kind of an overall view of the field and then a close-up on the leaves. Now, for, for our listeners here, and I'll, I'll throw this at you, uh, if you aren't familiar with what iron deficiency chlorosis looks like or you don't have that problem in your area, it's green veins on the uh, leaves of the soybeans but yellow tissue in between the veins. So it's it's not pretty. You don't want to see those big yellow spots out in your field. So Alex says, uh, we've been drier than normal, but we did get an inch of rain three or four days ago uh, before I took these pictures. Just uh, appreciate the help. Uh, I, I get around the state of Minnesota and Wisconsin quite a bit and uh, and unfortunately I have to, to look at this problem in some soybean fields. Okay, Alex, uh, so I'm looking at your, your picture of your field, and I see what you mean. It's kind of in the, the lower area or slower draining part of that field, and uh, yeah, it sure does look like iron deficiency chlorosis to me. Now, when we talk about iron deficiency chlorosis, that doesn't mean that we don't have enough iron in the plant. It just means that the iron that's getting in there is in the wrong form. So we've got the ferric form of iron instead of the ferrous form. And what happens when you get a pH, especially above 7, but it gets worse uh, sometimes as we get a little higher than that, that iron converts to the wrong form. So even though our plants are taking it in, they aren't able to use it. So I would suggest several things in that spot of the field. If you can improve drainage, if you can put those tile lines closer together, or if you just don't have any tile out there, uh, I, I would work on that. Oftentimes what we see in those spots, uh, let's let's just say that you had 100-foot pattern tile across the whole field, and guess what? This just happens to lie in between two of those tile lines, so it's out in the middle. Uh, what we would suggest is just take that one small part of the field and put tile lines in maybe every 15 feet or something and put them as shallow as you can, like two and a half to three feet deep, and do what you can to try to have extra drainage in those spots that's going to help flush a lot of the excess uh, carbonates out of the the soil it's going to flush out salts that might be present uh, maybe you've got high levels of nitrates there or something like that too and just that little area uh, there there's a lot of things that can build up in those poorly drained spots and uh, insoluble salts would be another thing too if you can get drainage improving there uh, that ground is is going to improve greatly and you're going to have much less issue with this. The other thing you can do, if you have amazing drainage out there, you may consider using some elemental sulfur or something to try to lower that pH in those spots and speed that process up. Uh, and now back to your soy green question, and, and you may say, well, that's nice, Darren. That's wonderful. You just want me to spend <laughs> several hundred dollars an acre improving the drainage out there. Uh, but what about this year's crop? So back to your question, is it too late to save yield with something like soy green? In my experience, we've had much better luck with soy green in the furrow at planting. Then I would say absolutely. Uh, I would expect more yield in those areas of the field uh, and maybe others if you've got some other areas that, that are having the same problem but just not quite as bad as that area. I think soy green pays really well in furrow. I think over the top to try to save it, I think you can green that crop up. My experience has been, yeah, you can green the crop back up, but sometimes it doesn't amount to any big yield gain. It's hard to measure, though, because you're talking about a little patch out there. So if you said, hey, I just I don't want to look at that yellow anymore, and I want to improve the plant health 
Uh, I'm just going to spray soy green and, and spot spray it through that patch. I would have no issue with that, uh, but I don't think you're going to be expecting uh, I'm going to return to 100% yield potential in that spot. So if that answers your question, uh, uh, yep, you can do it. Yep, it will green things up. I don't believe you're going to see a big yield improvement, but if you're just spot spraying and it's not super expensive to do so and you say, gosh, it's going to cost me 25 bucks, and I'm going to do it on 10 acres, uh, go for it. I mean, it's not that much money. It's it's not that big a deal. And if, if it does make a big difference for you, then that's awesome. And, and you'd be really happy. And if not, you know, just leave a check strip and then take a yield um, measurement in those spots and just see what kind of difference that you make. So, you know, going forward, if, if that's something that you want to do, because if you've got those spots there, chances are they're not going away overnight. You're probably going to face them for the next few years as you try to improve those areas. But for me, I look at what ground costs in the area that you farm. And I think, uh, <laughs> I'm going to try and spend a few hundred bucks here on, on improving the ground that I got rather than, you know, 10 to $15,000 to try to buy another acre across the road. Hey, thanks, Alex. We really appreciate the question. Um, got uh, an, We get a number of comments in from videos that we have online, too, and it's kind of interesting sometimes to, to see what those questions are. We were talking about magnesium in the soil, and I uh, got this one in from Cedric, and he said, uh, Hello, you say that sulfate will combine with magnesium to make Epsom salt, which is leachable. I suspect my soil CEC is saturated with too much potassium, not enough magnesium. Uh, I suspect calcium levels okay. If I use diluted magnesium sulfate, hoping to remove a little bit of potassium and replace it with magnesium, is that going to work? Uh, when I hear you say, I guess it's not going to work, will the soil catch the magnesium from the Epsom salt and then let the sulfate be leached out? You know, there's there's a lot of chemistry that's involved in, in what's happening in the soil, and some nutrients are going to uh, displace others a little more readily. And I, I know, like you mentioned, uh, calcium sulfate and uh, magnesium being a little stronger magnet, uh, there, the soil is going to seek um, a balance. So if you're Whatever's in most excess is what's going to leach out. So if you've got something in excess, sulfate could potentially help you leach that out. Thanks for the question, Cedric. Do you have crop failures due to flooding, drought, or another event? You may need to consider a better burndown regimen. Adding just two ounces of New Farm Panther SC to your tank mix not only provides faster results, it provides residual that lasts you gain flexibility to keep your cropping options open. Ask your dealer for Panther SC and get Panther power in your tank. Stop wasting time and money with obsolete adjuvants and foliar fertilizers. High-yielding crops require high-performing multifunctional products like the Fulltech Adjuvant Cube and Impulse from Spraytech. Contact your local retailer or visit Spraytech.com for more information. Get an extra semi-load out of your grain bin. The end zone from Farm Shop MFG can increase your stored beans moisture from 10 to 13%. On a 20,000 bushel bin, that's a free extra semi-load. Visit farmshopmfg.com for more. Be sure to attend the 2022 Ag PhD Field Day. I'm Darren Hefty. The Ag PhD Field Day isn't until the last Thursday in July, but we invite you to mark your calendars today for our biggest event ever. Each summer on the last Thursday in July, we invite you to attend the Ag PhD Field Day. The reason we invite farmers from across the country and around the world to our farm each summer is to say thank you. 
AgPHD TV has had a brand new episode each week for 24 years, and we've been doing a radio show almost as long as well. At this year's Ag PhD Field Day, we'll have way more equipment and equipment demonstrations than we've ever had before. We've got a lot of new technologies we'll put into our research plots on site, and we'll have great family entertainment, including a kid's area, music, fantastic guest speakers, and free food and drinks all throughout the day. Please go to agphd.com to learn more, and don't forget to join us on Thursday, July 28th for the free Ag PhD Field Day. Get more durability for less downtime with Soil Warrior Strip Tillage from Environmental Tillage Systems. Improve fertilizer efficiency and reduce passes and fuel usage. Now that's ROI. Learn more about ETS at SoilWarrior.com. Pentair Hypro 3D nozzles are your premier choice for fungicide applications. Syngenta fungicide application field trials have shown Hypro 3D nozzles provide a yield advantage of up to 10% over other nozzles, maximizing the return on your fungicide investment. Learn more at pentair.com hypro. It takes balance to be successful in farming, because what you get out of it depends on what you put in. And Corteva AgriScience gets that. Introducing Nutrition and Nutrient Efficiency Optimizer, a biological product that naturally captures nitrogen from the air. It's a sustainable way to add balance to your traditional nitrogen methods and maximize your yield potential. Embrace a balanced approach to nitrogen management this season by visiting Corteva.us. listening to Ag PhD Radio. We're broadcasting from the Morton studio today, but in just a couple of weeks, we're going to be outside at the Ag PhD Field Day just down the road from where our radio studio is at. Uh, it's just north of Sioux Falls, South Dakota. You can find all the details and the directions and so forth at agphd.com. Just click on the Ag PhD Field Day. The Field Day is all free. It's a one-day event, again, Thursday, July 28th. Just our way to say thanks. We want to show you a lot of the new stuff that's coming in agriculture. We really appreciate the support we've had over the years, and uh, it's kind of a fun way to interact with as many people as as possible, too. Uh, one of the folks that you will see at the Ag PhD Field Day is Ryan Hunt with FMC. Uh, just to talk a little bit about some of the new things FMC's got coming, uh, we got Ryan on today. Ryan, how's it going? Good. How are you doing today? We're doing well. Hey, uh, quick question for you, though. We've got a corn crop update on today's show and just a crop update in general. What are things looking like up in your territory up in North Dakota? So I tell you what, I've been in kind of southwest North Dakota, northwest South Dakota out here all day looking at some sunflowers and corn, and uh, it's looking really good out here west of the river. We're, uh, we're as green as it's been in quite a while. And as you move east across the state, we got a few wet pockets, but uh, I'd say the crop's in pretty good condition up here up north for, for right now, as long as it can hold on through this heat we got coming. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Well, that's one thing about that part of the world in uh, western the western Dakotas. You know the heat's coming in the summer, so if you can get this yeah. far and still be green, that's a great sign, though. Yeah, it's, uh, you know, the wheat's starting to head out out here, and the plains are planes are flying dumping the fungicide on for some scab and everything it's as green as i've seen it in quite a few years that's awesome that's awesome all right so uh talk to us about the ag phd field day what what's fmc got i know you got a lot of new stuff that you're working on yep yep so the big thing again this year you know we always have that corn pit out front looking at the roots with some of the insecticide stuff and then our 
Last year's Zyway LFR was brand new. We'll be doing that again, talking about that at plant fungicide for your full season disease control. Um, you know, it's kind of standard, the soybean prees, the authority brands, comparing all those. And then we'll we'll be showcasing a little bit of a new foliar corn and bean fungicide, a three-way mix, which is new for us. It'll be a, be a triazole, an SDHI, and a strobe all-in-one. Um, you know, kind of comparable to some of the other ones out there on the market. It's another brand to choose from and do some neat things. It has flutriophol in it. So as we know from the Zyway, that really moves through the plant and whatnot. So kind of kind of all that there. Now, you mentioned the Zyway, and this is one that that product has really taken off. We were just uh, chatting uh, with one of your tech people here last week, and he was saying that, you know, the, the acres uh, a couple of years ago were tremendous for a launch. And then all of a sudden last year, this year has just been uh, out of this world, but we got disease pressure coming in some areas. It's still looking pretty good. I know we use some Zyway on our farm and it looks really good too. What what have you seen? Are you getting some Zyway out up in North Dakota too? Yeah, we are. And you know, up North here, we don't have as much as much uh, above ground disease pressure on the corn. I think if there's ever going to be a year to really see it, it's setting up for it this year. Um, but what we really will start to see here the next next couple weeks and months as the corn matures, we really we really see where it defends against that root rot and stuff that come in late up here, and we get that bigger root mass and the, the standability and whatnot. So you know, with even more acres this year out up here i'm really looking forward to everyone seeing that but uh there is some potential to actually have some some leaf diseases up here this year too which i think growers will be really happy with it from what we've seen you know in the south and other places with high disease pressure the way it way it fights off and you don't have to come back with that airplane or worry about it later in august I hope our untreated checks at the field day site aren't showing any of that, but it's possible. It's possible. I, I know this. Last year, we did see fusarium crown rot come in in the untreated areas yep. that we did not see in the Zyway. And some of our listeners that are further east said, you know, it didn't control tar spot, but man, I think it, whether it was plant health all through the season or just stopping the other diseases, they said the tar spot didn't get as bad. So they were they were pretty happy about some of the, uh, I'd say, unadvertised benefits that we've seen out of some of these products. And, you know, you talk about this corn root pit coming up and, and some of the stuff you're doing with Capture LFR and the Thrive 3D system delivering rootworm protection in a new way. I was doing some digging here just a week and a half ago at the Ag PhD Field Day site, Ryan, and I did find corn rootworms out there uh both on volunteer corn and in untreated checks so i know we should have some things to show in that root pit yeah that'll be great you know and it's right there on that main walkway um i think i've got volunteered i'll be standing in there all day talking about the roots and hopefully uh you know we don't want those worms there but it'd be nice to see just show some people and educate them a little <laughs> and, you know see it firsthand what's going on there hey it's on <laughs> it's on brian's ground ryan so i mean if there's a few rootworms out oh, there, there we go yeah it's not going to surprise me <laughs> uh, well yeah. and that's why we leave untreated checks you know we always encourage our, our listeners to hey if you're trying something out leave an untreated check and keep an eye on that and see where you see some differences just like you're talking about with the zyway uh, i mean we notice some differences even if it's not a year that you get lots of that uh 
visual above ground uh, foliar disease, uh, do some digging out there. Get below the ground. I love that. I love I love what you're up to with that. And you mentioned the soybean pre-emerge herbicides. Wow, did they pay this year with the kind of weed pressure we've had? Yeah, the weed pressure has been unreal. Um, we've got, especially over here in Kosha country, it is crazy. You can really tell where where a grower used a good, good, solid burn down with a few modes of action and a pre versus where they didn't. Hey, uh, let me throw this question at you then too, because I know there was a lot of folks who were nervous about, um, well, can I rely on dicamba as my total kosher solution? Or if for the guys doing enlist soybeans, man, what do you think about Liberty? What do you think about 2,4-D and kosher? And I, I like where you're going with this, because if you just get out there with the pre, uh, it's not as much of an issue post-emerge. What, what have you seen with those pre's, and what is your favorite combo on kosher? You know, that's that's a good question. I like I like really any of our authority brands. Authority Supreme or Edge, really probably the best. And then if you can, you know, in the soybeans, splash a little Metribuzin in there. It really seems to help on that burn down and give a little extra kick. And then that either, you know, the Enlist or the Extend to Max, both of them really, I've noticed that when we're using that in the burn, in combination in the burn down as well we're getting a lot cleaner fields to start and that pre's holding off a lot better than where we're not um and there's just the way that last year's drought and the late rains and these fields blew up with kosher last fall yep with all this pressure that burn down has just been key for that pre to be able to hold off what comes later in the season and, and where we've had the thing i've been telling everybody is i've been seeing where or we use either the enlist or the extend early with that pre. We're a lot cleaner now than the ones where we just went with a roundup in the pre, and now we're trying to come back and get those bigger, bigger weeds in a thicker mat with that post. Yeah, yeah, that's good advice. That that burn down and pre is so so important. Whether whether you're in dry or or in wetter conditions, starting off clean is is a really big deal, and it'll make all those traits look better. Well, Ryan, look forward to seeing you at the field day here coming up in a couple of weeks, and uh, yeah, hopefully you got a lot to show in that root pit too. Yeah, we'll see you there. Have a good day. You bet. Thanks, Ryan. Uh, let's head over to Northwest Iowa. Got a corn crop update from Jim. Jim, how's it looking over in your part of Iowa? Well, uh, today's beautiful, but you know, overall the corn crop is looking good. Um, you know, we've been catching a few rains here as we're heading into pollination, so obviously that's helping. Um, but overall, uh, corn has good color. Uh, we've had very little nitrogen loss, so we're in pretty good shape here heading into tasseling. Outstanding. That's that's really good. And are you seeing early planting pay off this year, or was this year to wait a little bit? Uh, it's a good question, and it kind of the combines will tell the tale there. Uh, but uh, overall, uh, the early planning, uh, it, it, as long as we continue to get the heat, I think will pay off. Um, some of the stands weren't perfect from that uh, late April planting, uh, but uh, for the most part, things filled in pretty well. Um, but, you know, I, I still like the early planting. I still like the early window, especially on soybeans. I think the early planting on soybeans, even though it looked a little slow coming out of the ground, I think will still pay off. Yeah, I agree with you, Jim. And stuff did look a little rough there for a little bit, but uh, but sure sure starting to look pretty good now. Hey, Jim, we got to run. Really appreciate the update, though. Thank you. You bet. Thank you now.
It's fun looking at crops this time of year, especially when things are going pretty good. And you heard quite a few uh, callers say, you know, there were some times that we were in doubt this year, but but things look pretty good. So if you're one of those uh, farms where eh, things look a little iffy right now, uh, we sure hope you, you catch rain and some good weather coming up to, to turn things around. Well, thanks for listening to today's program. Be sure to join us again each weekday for more Ag PhD Radio.